Hey friends, I'm Ashley. Hey you guys, I'm Lainey. And this is Haunted Real Estate. Hello there. I'm with my lovely host, Lainey. Hello, hello. How are you, everybody? Oh, I thought that was a weird audio thing. I'm like, oh no, she's stuck on her R. How are you? I wasn't going to ask you, but also the other people can't say anything back, so I don't know why. They can. You just can't respond to it. Yeah. So uh, welcome to Haunted Real Estate. If you're new here, where some of our properties are super haunted and some are just rich in history. Today's property is rich in history and a little bit haunted. There is a lot of debate about it, so we'll definitely get into it. Before we get into today's property, I wanted to ask you, Lainey, because I put it out there on our stories as a poll. What do you think happens to property value if it's suspected to have paranormal activity? And this is totally opinion, so you don't have to, this isn't like a right or wrong answer. I would think, ooh, it could go up, it could go down. I want to say it could go up because people are weird, but I assume down is that yeah. right answer. No, there's no, that's, there's not a right answer, really. I mean, I think it depends. Like, if there was a recent murder, people are weird about that. Like, I think that would lower the property value. But if you're talking yeah. about, like, this house has been haunted since the 1800s, like, people are less weird about that. And that, I think that either would have no effect or maybe even raise the property value. It just depends on, like, the reputation of that house. Yeah, I think it would, in that circumstance, raise it just because people think it's cool. Yeah. So would you buy a haunted house if it was your dream home? Yeah. Not if it was overpriced because it was haunted, but yeah. Right. But if it was like fair market value, but FYI, this property's haunted. It depends on what it is. If it's like a satanic entity that like has killed little children in the past, I might think differently about it. That's a weirdly specific scenario, but I, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. If it's like a demonic presence, like hell no. But if it's like a ghost of those who died there sure why not like yeah let's just make a cares? home together let's vibe out man yeah but would i live in um the conjuring that house i would not live in hell no yeah See, that's like a, that's a weird entity that, I mean, okay, I don't know about like in real life because we don't really know that story, but it did feel like it had more of like a, almost a demonic presence. Yeah, very but dark. Somebody, gross. you know, she consorted with the devil. So, yes. you know, I don't know about that. But I like, don't know if I want to live there. Haunted with people, ghosts, spirits that are just like lost in our world. I could see it. Yeah. I mean, I know I don't get to vet them out ahead of time, but like if I could, you know, if they were respectful of my space and didn't show up. <laughs> up when I was in the shower, like, you know, at my most vulnerable moments, then hold your clothes for you while you're in the kitchen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like if you're, if you're helpful or just like not in the way, but if you're like showing up behind me when I'm like naked in the mirror, then like, no, no, sir. <laughs> oh, Larry, stop. I need boundaries, <laughs> boundaries. So the states that require a seller to disclose if a house is haunted is New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, and Minnesota. So I can say in my personal opinion that if a home is developing a reputation of being haunted, then it might start to affect the property value. It just has that stigma attached to it. If the home had people murdered in it, especially recently, that does affect the property value usually in a negative way. Most states do require you to disclose murder and and that is Texas includes is also in that. So we don't necessarily have to disclose a death only if the death materially, if it had to do with the material effect of the home or defect of the home, or if it was murder. Other than that. Have you ever sold a house that was, that someone was murdered in? Not, not to my knowledge. Or show one? No. Okay. Oh, show one. I've had some really weird ones where I've like, I, I can't say that definitively they were murdered in there. And I can't remember if I've shown one specifically that was murdered, but I've seen some really weird ones where there was clearly abuse or something going on like locks from the outside and like weird gross mattresses inside that are just like yeah. really flat mattresses like not 
like real bedding. And it's like, okay, something was going on here that like, it felt like it was like an abuse situation. Um, and I think one of those was actually a foreclosure. So it's not like there was anything I can do about it at that point. Um, yeah. But there's, there's been some weird ones that I've shown and some that have had the energies just off. And I've said this before, like I'm, I don't walk around like feeling everybody's energy. Like I'm not that in tune, but I guess I'd say I'm one of those people that if I feel a weird energy, then it definitely has a weird energy. Yeah. I totally thought by the way, there was an orb in your room with you, but it was headlights from a car. I didn't realize the windows right there. I was like, oh my God, I just saw an orb. You just saw a ghost because we were talking about it. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. We did think that there was something in our house there for a while, but we did a lot of Palo, like I burned Palo Santo like it's nobody's business. Like I should just start regrowing the trees because I love Palo Santo so much. But yeah, we we had that weird couple of things that happened over the Christmas break. But uh, yeah, other than that, I I don't, I I think we're okay. I don't feel anything. And we have five dogs. So, you know, nobody alerts me to anything. Yeah. So, yeah. So you have to disclose murder. Decades old murders, like, you know, a house where it happened 40 years ago. That seems to be okay for a lot of people. Like a lot of the the hype on it, the energy, you know, the energy, I don't know, has maybe died down for people where it's not that big of a deal. But probably just because it's further, you know, removed from its past history. But at the end of the day, treat people the way you want to be treated. If you were moving out due to a haunting, like, oh my gosh, this place is so haunted. I need to turn around and sell it. Well, then maybe you should disclose that, you know, to other people. Otherwise, yeah, like hauntings, it's it's fast. Fascinating, like it's fascinating that you have to disclose it in certain states. Like, well, I like that it is. I mean, but yeah, that is random thing. I guess to have to like, they're not here. The house is for sale. This is the house. Yeah, it's what just, else do you need to know? It's just teetering on being like a, almost subjective. You know, where I'm like, well, yeah. it's haunted to me. Like I have these weird experiences, but somebody who's like completely closed off to that part, you know, might not have anything. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Think about like our brother and sister who are like stark opposite people even though they were born very close together like our brother Will would not notice he would buy a haunted place in a second you know if, it, if he got a good deal on it but Laura would like you know she would feel that energy she you know depending on the situation she might not she might not because yeah. that would that would definitely affect her opinion so it's just it's it's interesting because in that way it feels like a haunting is a little bit subjective because some people can feel those things see those things hear those things and other people are like yeah no my that part of my I don't know part of your brain doesn't work or something or you know, you're yeah. not in tune to it or, you know, somebody else is manifesting it altogether in their head. Who knows? That makes me think of American Horror Story season one. Like all the people that have lived in that house. Like, yeah, especially the gay couple. Like they did not give two shits if it was haunted. Yeah. And then they died. <laughs> Yeah, I probably need to go back and watch that season. Oh, it's the best one. I love it. I thought Freak Show was the best one. And then I went back and started watching the first few episodes. And then, I don't know, my taste changed, I guess. And it wasn't my favorite one after watching the first few episodes again. I was like, huh, I loved it. The first one didn't stand out to you as like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I thought it was good. But then Asylum came out. I I just liked that, the other stories, I guess. I gotcha. They had like a different spookiness to them that I liked. So I I don't know. I need to go back and watch the first one. I think I would appreciate it more now. I think you would too. Okay, so let's get to the story. Today's episode was requested by one of our listeners. So if you'd like to send us a property that you'd like us to cover, definitely send it. We cannot guarantee that it's going to be on here, but we can promise that we will look into it. So today's episode is Mission Inn in Riverside, California. Just to give you a location on where Riverside is located, it's in California, like we said. The closest major cities is is Los Angeles, but it's also pretty close to San Bernardino. So it's really mid to Southern California. So Mission Inn was originally known as Glenwood Cottage. Christopher Columbus Miller, not Christopher Columbus, also known as C.C. Miller, a Civil War veteran, and his family were looking at a second source of income. So they had come from Wisconsin seeking a healthier climate for his wife, for Christopher Columbus Miller's wife, which I didn't find that she was ill but that alludes to maybe she was ill or Wisconsin is just hella old, hella old, hella cold, where (laughs) maybe Southern California sounds a little bit better because I could not live in the hella cold because I'm from Houston. So I'm used to the heat. 
I am not used yeah. to the cold. In fact, Same. when it's 40 outside, I'm like walking around the whole house with a space heater. Yeah. I'm like, I have, I literally, I have one in my bathroom. I have one in my office. I have one in the living room. Like I walk around with one all the time. So I understand that Mrs. Miller uh, may have been a bit chilly and wanted to go uh, in Wisconsin and wanted to go to California. So Miller was in Riverside, which was a new city at the time, only about four years old when he arrived in 1874. And he was there to establish a public water system. His wife, Mary, and children, Emma, who was 20, Frank, who was 17, Alice, who was 14, and Edward, who was 10, all came to join him later that year. So in 1875, they began building their home. The home was an adobe structure on the first floor, so very much like a Spanish style, and then wooden on the second floor. It had 12 rooms. The family moved in July 1876, and they were ready to start taking in guests as their secondary income, uh, which was November that same year. So this was one of the first Riverside hotels. Now today, we know it as Mission Inn, but just FYI, it was never actually a mission, just mission style. Like if you looked at it, it's a little reminiscent of the Alamo, except it's not like the Alamo. Um, I I misheard that and like, they were it wasn't really a mission like like a mission Mm. yeah they weren't really going on a mission mission no it wasn't really a mission so just mission style in its architecture what was really ideal about the location is at the time in the late 1800s is it was perfect for snowbirds so people that like to travel south away from the harsh winters 1880 glenwood cottage changed hands from christopher columbus miller to his son frank miller frank miller ended up purchasing the hotel for five thousand dollars seems like a pretty good deal that sounds really nice under the reigns of frank miller the hotel went under the name glenwood mission inn where miller embarked on a visionary quest that led to renovations and expansions of the hotel after the completion so now we're going from a 12-room hotel to like not like a bed and breakfast now it's like a real hotel after the completion of the renovations the hotel became a haven for the elite it attracted the who's who of hollywood and not just hollywood but politicians as well. It's location at the, the time. Yeah. Lots of, lots of politicians. Its location at the time was a perfect getaway as it was just far enough outside of Hollywood to be away from the press, but before the time of air travel. So it was a good destination to go to for like your weekend getaways and stuff like that. It was 1903 that Glenwood Mission Inn changed to just Mission Inn, the name that it bears today. So the hotel is very unique. While it has this Spanish style, it also has like a Chinese room where you'll find the lighting has like Chinese lantern style lights, a large statue of Buddha, cherry blossom trees. And then there's another area that has Renaissance style. And then another that's more Turkish. So each room actually, it's, it's really different. And that's what people always talk about with the hotel, like how different each room is and like different parts of the hotel. It's just really eclectic. Yeah. Sounds like it. Uh, Really beautiful. Is Um, it still standing today? Yes. Okay. I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah. So Miller had been a collector of items from all over the world, which is why I think that's like the vibe that's in the hotel. It's very eclectic. People describe it as being built by a madman. But for me, after kind of doing that research, I felt like he's just a worldly guy who just is like bringing his findings and different things, you know, into the hotel. Yeah. A little. It sounds like he was getting creative. (laughs) Yeah. It's just something for everyone. So eclectic. So eclectic. Say it like it's a bad word. Yeah. It's a, I, I, I'm eclectic. Like nothing in my house has like one straight common theme. It's like Ashley likes old things and dark things and spooky things and, you know, antique things. And maybe that thing is haunted. I don't know. I mean, and then I like bright things and then I like black. Yeah. You have a whole mix of stuff and it looks good. Okay. I was going to say, I feel like you were judging me there. You were like, yeah, we know you. You have no style. We know. No, I think your house looks really good. It's just, you know, some of us don't like just one thing. Yeah. So maybe identified with Frank Miller in that case where I'm like, dang, you guys are just being mean. He's just eclectic. Some of us just like more than one thing. Like that's Indian and that's Chinese. And, you know, this is super American. Who cares? So he did promote the mission story in the sense that it looked like a mission and he kind of acted like it was a mission. So he kind of being a goofy eccentric guy would actually dress kind of like like a monk and pass out oranges to guests. So he That's like so funny. 
he just seems like a funny guy, if you're asking me. Uh, Yeah. So one of the most legendary aspects of the hotel are the catacombs. And it's legendary, but also the most mysterious because so few people today have ever even seen them. Why are there catacombs under it? So I'm going to explain. So we did the episode of the Catacombs of Paris. Yeah, These why are, are they under the mission? <laughs> they are not like the Catacombs of Paris. Catacombs are defined as a series of vaults and galleries, vaults or galleries in an underground tomb. And to my knowledge, this is not a tomb. Not te- not technically anyway. Now, did people die there? I don't know. Maybe it is a tomb and that's why it's called the Catacombs and we just don't know it is that. But it's, it has a mysterious history. That's for sure. I'm actually more convinced they might have chose the name Catacombs because it gave it a a creepier vibe and maybe that was good for marketing. But what is confirmed is that at the very least, they are underground tunnels. So it is more than just a basement. They are underground tunnels that would lead to Mount Rubido. And also conveniently was it went or part of the tunnels ended at the Riverside Evergreen Cemetery, which that is weird. Why would there be tunnels going from Mission Inn to Riverside Evergreen Cemetery. That is really weird. And these places that these tunnels connect to are known haunted locations. So if you look up like hauntings or haunted places in Riverside, California, Riverside Evergreen Cemetery, Mission Inn, Mount Rubido. I don't, <laughs> you sound so country. It's like I'm developing an accent, but like a valley girl at the same time. It's really weird. I cal- talking California does weird things to me. They're all known haunted locations. So I do think that is very interesting. So the catacombs come to an end at the cemetery through a mission style, even described as Alamo looking structure. So actually, let me share my screen with you so you can see what I'm talking about. Okay. Not with the audience. Yeah. Well, audience can go look at it on Instagram. Like, that's an option. Yeah. Okay. Scrolling down to the pictures. Yeah. This. this. Ooh. Isn't that weird? Like, that's what it, it is, is at the end, at the cemetery, at the ho- uh, from the hotel to the cemetery. Like, that's creepy. That's super weird. Yeah. Super weird. But here's some pictures of the hotel. That's beautiful. Yeah. I must have heard of this place. I just don't. Not clicking. Yeah. And then here's the here's the building that was a postcard. Oh, yeah. That's funny. They made postcards of like in the middle of construction. I know. I thought that was funny too. <laughs> why? Why was that a thing? That was the thing for. I remember San Francisco Bridge and like New York. Like it was just let's give you postcards of our half built bridge. Yeah. So the Alamo looking structure. Obviously, if you're listening, you you can't see it unless you're looking at our Instagram. But at the same time, it has metal bars on it, so it's not accessible to the public. It's not like you can just hop into these tunnels and go walk to the hotel. Um, It is pretty blocked off at this point. So it's very strange looking. So first, let's talk about the catacombs under Mission Inn. It was used primarily to keep interesting artwork, um, including a lifelike wax figure of Pope Pius X and his 13 servants, which, what? What? Uh, yeah. A like, Pope and his 13 servants? Have you been to a wax museum? Yes. They okay. don't, they look weird. They look weird, but they're like creepy. Like to have a wax figure of something, like, yeah, that's a choice. That is a choice. That like, that's a big big choice to, to be like you know what Pope Pius the 10th you're gonna you're gonna be here and you're gonna live in my with your 13 servants 13 servants <laughs> wax figures that was down there and that gave some people the heebs well it definitely creeped me out to make it to the infamous catacombs and then find these wax figures down there waiting for me I don't have a lot of knowledge about popes but I did learn a little bit about Pope Pius the 10th because I was like who is this guy and why would you keep a wax figure of him he is the anti modernist pope very staunch in old catholic beliefs he was elected in 1903 so you know hard to say anti-modern if you're talking about 1903 times when you're talking about a time where women in america did not even have the have the right to vote so yeah like damn this guy probably would have hated today like hated today he would have hated today he yes he would so anyway i thought that was an interesting choice for artwork to keep in your catacombs so the catacombs have been off limits to at least regular people like visitors can't go down there since 1985. They are not easy to find either which is why people think they don't exist and there's a lot of reddit conversations about these damn catacombs like no I don't believe they're there because they couldn't find them but then there's a lot of older fo- 
folks who were kids in 1985 and they were in the catacombs. So they were used for, like we said, art. But also in California, they didn't have air conditioning in the early 1900s and Southern California gets pretty hot. So it was a way to go underground and cool off. I think it may be used today and maybe even back then to store wine. It keeps it cool from getting too hot. But another plausible use for the catacombs and the tunnels in general was prohibition. Thanks to prohibition, there are lots of secret passageways today, secret basements, tunnels all over the country. And it's also said that Miller would go down into the catacombs and make a lot of noise intentionally to scare guests. So I think he liked the idea of people thinking that they were haunted. So it, I did read several comments of people that saw the catacombs before they were closed off. And many, many do believe it's haunted. Now they weren't alive during the time of Frank Miller because he's been gone for quite a long time. But you said they were closed in 1985. Yeah, they closed off the catacombs that they okay. they no longer became accessible to the public. Okay. Now they they're probably still used by some staff members of Mission Inn. Yeah. And we'll talk about other places where the tunnels exist too, where they are still in use today. But it's very much believed that the Miller family, because the Miller family for a long time ran the hotel, that they're definitely haunting the hotel. And I believe that uh, Frank Miller could easily be making a ruckus in the afterlife in these catacombs because he did it in his real life. Why wouldn't he do it in his afterlife? Absolutely. Have some fun with it, Frank. Yeah, you go, Frank. (laughs) Um, So there's also rumors that there were builders that died while constructing the hotel. And that you can hear scratching from inside of the walls, which I guess the That's implication, really it is really sad, but like, does that mean they then buried them inside the walls? They were like, oh shit, this guy died. Just put him in the wall. But maybe. Like, I, I sincerely hope that's not what we're saying right now. Uh, but anytime well, you hear about scratching inside the walls, it's usually implied they were buried alive. Yeah, that makes me sad to think about. So there's no confirmation on that. Um, but I also went to Reddit to see if I could find some experience that people had while there. One came from an experience of a staff member. They said that before the catacombs were closed off, that there was a female ghost that would paint the walls of the catacombs. And my question to that is, did y'all provide the paint or was it BYOP? Like, did she just up and paint it with, you know, afterlife paint? Yeah. What, what was it paint? Was it a different color at the end of the day? That's the question I have. Yeah, most. but he said she was painting in there. Okay. So like we said, the catacombs do leave the hotel premises. So this is my theory. The hotel does get the occasional ghost, but they are not necessarily to be lives that were lost at the hotel. But I actually believe that they were, that they are actually maybe passersby since this is all interconnected with the cemetery and the foothills of Mount Rubido, and I believe that it is also connected to the courthouse and jail, which are nearby also. It makes me think this place was built with purpose. Like, this is the afterthought. Like, when we're all gone, I want y'all to be able to get to these places, or something like that. Yeah, because there's so much talk about these tunnels. Like, it's one of the most famous thing about Mission Inn, is people keep talking about the catacombs, but, like, they're interconnected with so much. Yeah, And that's the thing, is I think a lot of it got lost in history. Like I read that it was connected to, like I said, the courthouse and the jail. So they could, you know, take prisoners to and from without bringing them up to the street um, or worrying about escape. But then the hotel is connected to the cemetery and Mount Rubido. And and we're going to talk about another one here just in a second. So the cemetery is over 150 years old. Um, Many of the town's founders and early pioneers are buried there. So entire families were also buried there during the 1918 great flu epidemic. If you remember from history class, that was the deadliest influenza pandemic in recorded history. Literally entire families would die. So that's a lot of spirits that may be making the occasional visit to Mission Inn because it's all connected. I think that they're probably just checking in on the town and a few of the original buildings, which includes Mission Inn. Like that's been there since the 1800s. So a lot of OG, you know, founders of the town are just like passing by. What's up? Yeah, Looking just saying good. like, what's up? That's original. I remember that from when I was here. Hey, what's that? This is new. Electricity. I don't remember that. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it. Get out of here. There was that uh, ghost from The Conjuring House that like hated technology. That's what yeah. it makes me think of. That's like of. <laughs> ghosts coming in being like, damn, what? Like TV? What is this? What Phones? What is that? I hate that. This music today. Oh my gosh. They would 
go nuts over the music today. Yeah. Supposedly a lot of dogs don't like the cemetery. People have reported um, that their dogs won't go into the cemetery. They growl, they bark, they go bonkers at the cemetery. So I don't know, maybe spirits are hanging around. I do think it's weird that it's all connected, but I will say just individually to cemeteries that I don't always because I just imagine how I would probably be as a ghost which again like I don't know but am I going to be hanging around where I was buried or am I going to be for both our sake yeah like I don't want to be hanging around well first off don't bury me please or or where you died I know I hope not what if you die in a tragic car accident on the middle of 45 are you gonna be a ghost on 45 forever oh hell and i have to look at houston traffic the rest of my life that would suck god that would suck no (laughs) i don't think that's where you haunt. because like i feel like then hospitals would be a lot more haunted and you don't really hear about as many i mean yes some hauntings with hospitals but like how many people die in a hospital that they should be riddled with paranormal activity if you just hung around where you died true But maybe it's if you had like a tragic death, you know, something where you weren't expecting it. Maybe a hospital's like a more expected situation, like you were sick or elderly or something like that, and it was just more anticipated. Then maybe you wouldn't care to haunt it. But maybe if you died instantly on 45, it would be more of a haunting situation because I don't know. Yeah. But that would be creepy because there's plenty of roads that are haunted. There are plenty of roads, that's that's for sure. Let's just But I also think... It's a tragic way they died on that road is why they're haunting it. That could be. Um, Anyways. So this is apparently lesser known information, and I had to do a deep dive to to find this. But uh, Frank Miller also opened up the New Homes of Woodcraft, which is a four-story mission-style villa. Except it was not for regular tenants to move into this villa. It was an insane asylum. So the catacombs were also connected here as a way for staff of the asylum to get at home and to leave at the end of their shift without compromising safety um, by going out any of the major entrances or exits. And even worse, the catacombs or the tunnels would be a good hiding place to take patients and torture them for misbehaving. So today, this location is no longer a hospital of any kind. It's actually the location of California Baptist University, CBU. They shut down the hospital in the 1950s when they built the college. And the basement area of CBU are now offices. So that's creepy. And I actually saw a picture of these offices and they're like dark windowless rooms who I'm pretty sure I would see some spirits in there. Like I felt like I was seeing spirits just looking at the picture, even though I wasn't. Yeah, that's so scary. Yeah, I I, honestly, it made me realize I don't think I can work in a windowless anything. Like one, I'm from Texas. I'm not like we don't have basements here, so I'm not used to that anyway. But like everywhere I've worked, I've requested a window. Yeah, like. I, I'm not I'm not gonna move there if I can't have a window. Okay, we'll get you a window. Yeah. Now I have a really nice view of a pond and I I love like like we have glass all over, like we have a lot of glass walls in our office, so you're getting natural light wherever you are. But now I'm like actually up against a window and not just there were two offices between us and an actual window, but you know, you still got the natural light because they were glass walls. But down in this basement area that's all connected, there are a lot of secret doors. Uh doors that lead to maybe other parts of the tunnels or little offshoots of the tunnels. Um, Uh, Most of them are locked, but people have said that they can hear knocking on these doors periodically when they're walking down (laughs) in the basement tunnel area of CBU. That is so creepy. I can't even imagine being in a dark tunneled room and just hear knocking periodically. No, like that better be. That is a horror. I feel like I would be yelling. I'd be like, that better be some old ass plumbing knocking (laughs) in the pipes. Like, no. Karen, is that you? Um, every once in a while, uh, a student or staff member decides to investigate the knocking and it has happened before that one of these doors that was locked for years and years is cracked open and there's cold air gusting out of it. She hasn't opened it? That there's, there's multiple doors that have been locked for years. Like one of them's open and it has, it's cracked open and there's cold air coming out. There's no further explanation. Uh, I don't know if they just don't go to it or they close it or what happens after that but it's just like cold air is coming out of it they probably go and close it because i don't know if there's anything in there if, it, if it's been closed off for years it's probably not much happening in the room whatever's behind the door so one ghost that people at the university have reported seeing in the basement area is the one that they call shelly 
So she was likely a patient at the hospital and walked on all fours. So put that in your mind. Negative. They say she walks like a spider and makes clicking noises with her tongue. Oh, no. Yeah. I don't don't like that. That reminds me of signs. That reminds me of uh, the clickers. I don't like it. What's the clickers? The last of us. Oh, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that. Oh, yeah, I didn't like that. But, yeah, it reminds me of signs also, which creeped me out in signs. Like, when you see them. Sorry, continue. Like, I literally remember seeing that movie in theaters in high school. And I just remember how freaked out I got when they they have the baby monitor and they're holding it up above the car. And they first time hear clearly the clicking sounds. Uh That was so embedded in my brain and freaked me out that I remember going home, you know, like you're fine after a horror movie. It's fine until everyone goes to bed in the house and then you're alone and then all the spooky stuff sets into your mind. And I remember clicking. Well, then I went home and I'm like, I'm going to get on aim. You know, we get on aim and mom and Alan were sleeping. I think everybody was asleep, maybe except for me. And we had that study that was open to the street. And we were like the last house on the street. So you could see all the way down the street. And it was just dark. And there's no blinds or curtains in that study. And I was just staring out the window. And all I could imagine was like, I was about to see the shadow figure of an alien. And I was like, I'm done. Shut down the computer. Go to bed. Like, I (laughs) really freaked myself out that night. And I remember being so freaked out. I saw that shadow so many times after seeing that like for real you started seeing aliens yes like i was just i was just scared like you were just three years younger so i was really scared I don't even know. though i saw that movie three three times in theaters i paid to see that and i got grounded for showing madison oh that's hilarious yeah i showed a little a thumbnail uh whenever we'd illegally download games i don't know if i could say that but i well, was it was a million years ago <laughs> yeah and it was way too easy not games songs and movies and stuff but yeah. it was like a little pixel hey I, my weekends were napster burning cds so kids today you don't even know what burning a cd is so go look it up uh, <laughs> that was my entire weekend indeed so yeah when i'm thinking of shelly who's walking on all fours like a spider it reminded me of the exorcist when reagan comes down the stairs in that bridge form you know what i'm talking about i don't know what you mean by reagan reagan the from the reagan is the char- the main character from the exorcist that gets possessed and you named your daughter that I didn't name my daughter after the character on The Exorcist. <laughs> my God, people ask me that all the time from The Exorcist. Really? No, I don't name. Yes, people ask me all the time. And my boss's oh. name, that actress's name is Lynn Blair or Linda Blair. And my boss's name is Linda Blair. And it's funny because when Lynn and I met, that was like one of the first things she said is that everybody was like, oh, from The Exorcist. She's like, no, not from so The Exorcist. Dumb. But I'm like, Reagan I goes through the not- same thing. Oh, no, this is just my first time realizing Reagan was the name in The Exorcist. I didn't think you named her. <laughs> no, I didn't. It was completely separate. It just is a coincidence. Yes. She's after a president, you guys. Well, I don't know. People don't need to know. It's fine. It's my it's it's my kid's name. So anyway. But you don't know the scene I'm talking about where she's, but she's on the bridge. Yes, she's doing I, the upside yeah, down. Yeah, I know when okay. she's coming down the stairs. Yes. That's what I was imagining when I first read about Shelly. So one of the most horrifying images of my childhood, and I literally have not watched The Exorcist since. And... I've kind of been itching to watch it, and I'm a little scared, too. So so anyway. That's so funny. I really thought you just accidentally said your kid's name instead of her name. No. <laughs> That'd be funny. <laughs> so many students at California Baptist University hear these ghost stories, and they do a lot of investigating themselves, like they're going down into the tunnels and doing things that they're not supposed to. So the catacombs I found pretty fascinating, and it seems like there is a lot of history that is really just lost with them, because I had to dig deep to find out what I just shared with you guys. So many people- Deep into the catacombs? Deep into the catacombs. No, deep into the internet archives. Because like I said, like if you look- like, people will ask on Reddit, like, has anybody been to the Mission Inn catacombs? And you're going to have plenty of people who are like, I don't think they exist. I went there several times. I could never find them. But they've been, I mean, I found very clearly that they've been closed off since 1985 to the public. You can't, you can't enter there anymore. I'm sure they still use it for storage or something like that. But, and it's not, 
I, you know, I don't think it's true catacombs, but I do think it's really weird that Frank Miller had another property. Frank Miller, who owned Mission Inn, had another property that was an insane asylum that were all connected through these tunnels. Like, there are weird things to me that just make it go, huh, because, yeah, huh, that's weird. Like, I don't understand it. Not to mention. like he was fascinated with many aspects of the world and also therefore wanted to connect his hotel to other things in the world. If that makes any sense. (laughs) No, I definitely see what you're saying. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. And I think think there's a lot of history there that is just lost to us because it was not happening in the public view. So who knows what was really happening down there. And the the tunnels are not, I don't think at any point they were all just like wide open to the other, you know, like one tunnel would stop that went to the next property, you know, so you'd have to be able to get into that side. Like, I'm not sure it was just all like completely open to go wherever you want, especially if you're talking about like the jail and courthouse. I can understand why tunnels and basements would exist for courthouses and jails, but would you really want that connected to a hotel and a cemetery in Mount Rubido? And, you know, this is is more interesting to me than the Winchester Mystery House. Like, okay, so what? She forgot to finish her house before she died. She forgot to finish it she just was never done she always liked a good project yeah which is funny because like i hate construction i can't imagine being okay with there being building at my house all the time but you know what she also lived sarah winchester lived at a time before tv maybe she just likes sounds around her like the sounds of activity because like i almost always have to have on an audiobook a podcast or the TV, or music, just because I need sound. Or construction. <laughs> that I hate. See, that would be, like, way down on my list into the double digits, so. True debt. Not construction, but... You do need sound and that I can't imagine how quiet before the before TV and automobiles and, you know, vacuum cleaners, like all the things that make like regular sounds, washers and washer and dryers like before that, like it must have been pretty quiet in the world. Yeah, it must have been. And maybe Sarah Winchester just fucking hated it. Like, maybe she hated (laughs) silence. Maybe so. Like, there are times where I truly cherish silence, and I'll go long stretches where I just can't deal with silence. I don't know. Like, we're all just different. So, anyway. I agree. The catacombs and the tunnels, there's a bigger story there that we don't know. I'll say that. But they definitely exist. To those of you think that they don't exist because you couldn't find them or didn't see them, or maybe staff at the hotel today don't necessarily know about them, that doesn't mean they don't exist. Um, They do. They are blocked off. And there are parts where you can see them or you can peer inside. But like I said, they're not accessible. They're not accessible at the cemetery. They're not fully accessible at California Baptist University. And they're certainly not publicly accessible at the hotel Um, and most of the staff don't even really know about them so California Baptist University has their tunnels and they don't really extend much past the premises the cemetery has their tunnels they don't really go much past their premises so they're almost treated kind of like basements now even though they are interconnected technically they've just blocked them off but they all do have shared tunnels but one thing that I think for kind of like I was alluding to earlier like with the tunnels with the prison I would hate to be down in the tunnel and there's an escape prisoner running out. I mean, I know in my mind, I'm assuming the worst of the worst of like the rapist murderer that would escape and I'd be caught in the tunnel alone. But like, that is what comes to my mind. It's- I was I was thinking being stuck during an apocalypse and you haven't closed off the jail yet and then they start coming from that way. Oh God, that would be really scary. Be I do so know scary. part of the reason the tunnels got blocked off um, had to do with some construction they did due to how you say, like when earthquakes come, <laughs> like you know, they were like building it up to proper code for earthquakes. I know what you mean, but I don't know either. How you, how you say, you know. Hurricane code. Yeah, hurricane code. Como se dice hurricane code? You're, now you're saying hurricane. Earthquake code. Did I say oh, hurricane? you said hurricane, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> we get hurricanes here. I don't know. I don't know about them earthquakes. Earthquake code, which that did sound scary being in like an underground tunnel and there being an earthquake. Sorry, I said hurricane and I messed it all up, but that's a my bad. Now I'm <laughs> you welcome. sound like you've been drinking excessively. I've not. <laughs> 
I'm not. Um, so let's beer let's let's beer back. Oh my god. Now you no god. <sighs> let's go back. Go to bed, Ashley. Good night, you guys. It's been a long day. Um, but let's go back to Mission Inn. So one of the first famous guests of Mission Inn was Teddy Roosevelt. My man Teddy Rose loves hotel hopping. I'll tell you that. He came for a visit May 1903. He spent the night in the hotel. And at one point, the lights all went out. And before anyone points out, like, it's 1903, I got this from the LA Times. And electricity was used much more commercially around this time. So anyway, the lights went out. Uh, Miller came running out to check on the president and found him lying on the ground surrounded by guards. I guess his bodyguards got really paranoid since Roosevelt's predecessor was assassinated. So anyway, he was found surrounded on the ground by his guards. But yeah, that would be really freaky if the lights went out and everybody like surrounded the president, which I'm sure is exactly what they do because it's better be safe than sorry. Yeah. But before Teddy Roosevelt departed, he did plant one of the two original orange trees in the courtyard. Teddy always leaves his mark. If you remember from the Manger Hotel in San Antonio, he left bullet holes at the bar. So truly, I feel like that was like very Texas that he left bullet holes in the bar and very California that he planted an orange tree. Yeah, that is very true. Like way to to know the area, I guess. Yeah, know your audience. Know your audience, exactly. So another visitor was President Taft. If you remember, Taft was our largest president. Frank Miller knew that he'd be arriving and was worried that Taft, poor overweight Taft, that he would break the chairs. Um, So in preparation, Miller decided to have an especially large chair made for President Taft. So sweet. Here's your big chair, big guy. Yeah, Taft was apparently offended initially by the special chair that was made for him. I mean, it was literally made because he was overweight. And he initially refused to sit in it, but Miller finally agreed that he would not take any pictures and photograph the moment if Taft would please sit in the chair. So Taft Aww. sat in the chair, but totally under the agreement that there will be no pictures. I didn't. I don't think I realized how big he was, but I had a story about they customized something for Taft. I don't remember which one it was. Is a bathtub. Yeah. So and that's I, what I, Casey wore at my 35th birthday party was because that was my president party. Yeah. And Casey wore a Taft in the bathtub shirt. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. That was nice and subtle. Yeah. I guess he was big but like that picture he doesn't look like a big guy i think he doesn't look big there but then like i think in comparison to like a big guy yeah i think if you saw him next to like regular guys he's like quite wide but also tall i gotcha because if you look at the bathtub that was made for him it shows three grown men inside of it but like i want that bathtub Yeah, give me, please. And I'm a regular-sized person. So Taft's custom-built chair became a big deal at the hotel. It was displayed as Taft's chair after that. During the Great Depression in 1940, or towards the end of the Depression, Richard Nixon and Patricia Patty Ryan married at the hotel, and his mother made their wedding cake. Ronald and Nancy Reagan spent the first night of their honeymoon at Mission Inn. Other presidential guests include William McKinley, Harding, a.k.a. Party Harding, Hoover, Kennedy, Ford, George W. Bush. So it's very well known for the famous, famous, famous people that came to visit. Many Hollywood celebrities have also stayed at the hotel. Well, Hollywood celebrities and other notables, as I just called them. Albert Einstein, Booker T. Washington, Amelia Earhart, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, and one accidental guest included an elephant in 1909 that escaped. Um, He was part of a circus that was traveling by train. And he jumped off and ended up at Mission Inn, where he saw his own reflection in the window and charged, bursting in through the glass. Wow, that's insane. And I wonder what tra- train he escaped. Like, I wonder, because there's, there's a, shoot, I don't remember enough info to talk about it on the pod, but an elephant was notably killed during a circus act. And I wonder if this was like the act and this elephant was trying to run away before he got killed. Oh, I don't That would be a really random connection. Yes, but the timing lines up. And Frank Miller uh, took this whole thing in stride and he said, I didn't write it down, but I just happened to remember it. He said something like uh, that the elephant was the only guest that didn't have to carry their trunk. Uh, 
<laughs> Frankie, you rascal. You rascal, Frank. So Riverside was the place to be for a long time until air travel commercialized. And um, there was a little competing town nearby known as Palm Springs. Palm Springs basically became the new Riverside. And Riverside did become a less popular destination. With improvement of the highway system during World War II, Las Vegas also became a very popular travel spot. Again, wasn't helping out Riverside. Um, so the the Miller family eventually sold it off and it tempora- temporarily went into a state of disrepair. It even made it into the Guinness Book of World Records, holding the category for the world's largest termite fumigation tent. Ew. That is so gross. Not a super proud moment for the town that they made it into the history books as the largest termite fumigation tent. But the citizens of Riverside, not wanting to lose this historic building, rallied together to help save it. And in 1992, Riverside's own Dwayne Roberts purchased the hotel and began restoring it. Um, So the fourth floor is said to be the most haunted. Room 402 is the honeymoon suite. Many honeymooners have come and gone, but every once in a while, people have paranormal experiences in this room or on the fourth floor itself. Some have reported being pushed down the spiral staircase because some of the rooms have a spiral staircase uh, that go up to something else, uh, maybe like a little study area or like another place for a bed. This is also the floor where a lot of people hear scratching or sounds from construction workers that might have died. There is a room called Aunt Alice's Suite in Mission Inn, which I believe is room 401, and it's sent, said to be haunted by Frank Miller's sister, Alice Richardson. She was one of the managers of the hotel. Alice's well as many other families are said to haunt the hotel. I don't think she had like a tragic death there, but a lot of them did die because they also lived at the hotel. Yeah. There was a recent death at the hotel, July 28th, 2022. A woman died by suicide from the rotunda. There isn't much else to say on that story, but I didn't want to leave it out. So there was something recently that happened and tragic um, that it was by suicide. Yeah. So there are still very much secrets behind the walls of Mission Inn. Many locked doors that staff seem to be unaware of what lies on the other side. Uh, curtains that move, lights that flicker. I thought you were going to say, what lies beneath? What lies beneath? God, I loved that movie when I first saw it. It was like my favorite horror movie. It is still so good. It is good. I just love a movie with like a good twist ending. Mary Fewer, Mary Fewer. So I'll tell you, this is one of, this one was a little bit tougher than our typical research. I truly believe that Mission Inn has more to the story, but it has a lot of secrets. There's got to be more to tell with these catacombs. I know there is more. It's connected for miles and... And I know there's a reason behind it. And I know we just scratched the surface of it. Um, I hope to learn more about it, but for sure a neat hotel, uh, not just in its history, but also in its architecture. I hope to make a visit there one day soon. And if you have any interesting or paranormal experiences at Mission Inn, definitely let us know. I'd like to get to a point where we have like some good stories to come back with and like share y'all's haunted experiences if you want us to share it. Um, But little arbitrary anecdotes. Um, A little side ghost anecdote from a previous staff member in the 1980s said he had seen several what he thought were guests just disappear into walls. So turns out they probably were not living guests. They were probably ghostly guests. (laughs) Um, Another guest had a story that they woke up in the middle of the night and felt a bad feeling about the bathroom and they stared at it and the door was closed completely closed and suddenly the door flew open and cold air came gusting out and they said they had a feeling that something came out of the bathroom and was running to the to the door but the door that didn't is open. so creepy that would mess me up for a while for sure yeah i don't like that story it I would, would- It would mess me up until I could start lying to myself and telling, like, coming up with a conclusion as to why that happened. Yeah. (laughs) Some guests have even reported knocking on their windows from the second floor up. So things where it's like that can't be a person knocking at your window if it's from that high up. And several shadow people at Mission Inn. Oh, great. Which, if you haven't heard us talk about shadow people, go to our Alaskan Triangle episode. I can't remember if it's the 
I think it's the first episode. I'm not positive though. Yeah, shadow people is a weird phenomenon. But that's all, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this listener recommendation. If you'd like to send us a recommendation or an interesting real estate story, you can do so at hauntedrepod at gmail.com. If you would like to donate to the show, our Venmo is at hauntedre. Leave us a property that you'd like us to cover in the comments and or tell us where you're from and we'll find something for you. And go follow us on Instagram at haunted.real.estate. Stop it. I can't with you right now. We need to post your picture on the Instagram too of how you look into the camera. (laughs) I'm taking another picture. Yeah, that's going on there. Okay. Uh, Go follow us on Instagram at haunted.real.estate. And please definitely go check it out because now I'm going to post Lainey's picture of how she looks when we do our remote podcasting and how distracting it is. Um, Yay! (laughs) I'm usually in a normal distance to the camera. But sometimes she's not. not. Sometimes she's not. And sometimes I'm like, what are you doing? I can't even talk anymore. Um, So please go rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. Like that's how people learn that we exist, you guys. And hopefully you don't hate us. If you do hate us, you know, it's up to you if you want to leave a review. It's okay if you don't want to. But if you do like us, please. It's like comments on Amazon. Like when people leave reviews, don't just leave reviews for bad things. Leave reviews for good things too. Please. Um, Please. Please. We'd appreciate it. Um, And lastly, if you're looking for an agent in the Houston market, give myself or Casey, my husband and partner, a try. We'd be honored to assist you in your home buying or selling needs. We are with Blair Realty Group in Cypress, Texas. Um, Still just go ahead and email us at hauntedrepod at gmail.com and we'll get you to the right place. Thank you so much. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Bye. Bye.